Hello, my name is Pat Domain. I'm founder of On Fire Ministries, Bible study author and teacher. Well, recently I took a 40-day break from social media to hear from God more clearly about His plan and His will for me in my ministry. Sharing Jesus through teaching women the Word of God is my passion. And throughout the past 19 years in ministry, God has allowed me the privilege of sharing His Word in many ways and in many places. And I honestly cannot think of an experience where I shared God's word with someone that I did not love doing that. However, ministry does have those elements of things that I must do that I really don't like, but I still must do them. And social media is and really has always been one of those elements that I never settled down with beyond a must do. I know a lot of people really love being on social media, but I don't. Honestly, I think that I hoped that God would tell me you really don't need to be on social media. You can still teach the Bible without using social media. And of course, I can. However, that's not exactly what he said. You know, truly, I wish if I could go back to pre-cell phone days, I mean, I would be like all in on that. The more technologically savvy that we become, the more complicated and less true communication we seem to have with real flesh and blood people. However, a technological world is the world that we live in. So while I am thankful for the opportunities to teach in-person Bible studies or to speak at live conferences with God's beautiful daughters in the same room with me, I know I can't disregard social media. Social media is a tool, an opportunity to share Jesus and reach others for Jesus. No matter your opinion of social media, let's use it as an opportunity to shine light in the darkness, share the love of Jesus, love and encourage others when you post tweet, or whatever you do. Shine the light of Jesus in the darkness. Let others see your good deeds or your good post or your good tweets that they give glory to God. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, the reality is you never know the impact of your words on someone who may be desperate for the very thing that you share. So the question I want to ask you today is where do you see yourself in light of what the Bible teaches about love? Because the Bible does teach about love. And our love matters to God. And I know that because of how often God's word mentions love. The word love is mentioned 139 times in the Old Testament and 183 times in the New Testament. And no wonder love matters to God so much when we understand what 1 John 4, 8 and 1 John 4, 16 tells us. It tells us that God is love. In other words, love is how God is identified. He is the essence of love and the very definition of love, which means that Jesus embodied love. 
The Bible also teaches about love and its priority importance in the interaction between Jesus and a lawyer who was also a Pharisee. The lawyer asked Jesus to tell him the greatest commandment in the law and Jesus responded in Matthew 22, 37 through 38, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Jesus said, that this is the first and greatest commandment. Now, the reality is this Pharisee knew very well the priority of loving God because Jesus pointed back to the Shema, a Jewish confession in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. And every Jew knew these words. These words were deeply embedded in the Jewish culture and had been for centuries. Jesus went on to say in Matthew 22, 39 through 40, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So the greatest two commandments are based on love. Love God and love others. So Peter and Paul also both elevated love as a top priority. In 1 Peter 4, 8, Peter wrote, And above all things have fervent love for one another. And then in Colossians 3, 14, Paul wrote, And above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And then Paul also said in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. In other words, love matters to God. So let's talk about 1 Corinthians 13 for just a moment. It's the chapter that's known as the love chapter, and it's probably the most widely used scripture in wedding ceremonies. The phrase, but have not love, shows up three times in the love chapter. The context of these three uses of that phrase gives us three examples of performing good things that they never equate to anything of value if we do not have love. So the essence of the teaching on not having love is that we can be gifted to carry out specific roles or functions in the body of Christ, but without love, any gift we have and even excel at is worthless. Without love, our speech is like sounding brass or a clanging cymbal, the scripture says. Our knowledge, our understanding, and our faith are absolutely nothing without love. And then finally, we profit nothing if we sacrifice our life for a good cause and sell all that we have to give to the poor if we do not have love. So take a moment to think about these good things listed here in 1 Corinthians 13. If we were the subject of these good things listed, we would surely see them as valuable. However, God's word clearly tells us that the value isn't in the thing done, but the love behind the thing done. The value of these good things is completely eliminated if those things are done without love. 
So our love matters. Now, in a book I read, Secret Power by D.L. Moody, he wrote, I recommend all Christians read 1 Corinthians 13 constantly, abiding in it day and night, summer and winter, and 12 months in the year. Then the power of Christ and Christianity would be felt as it never has been in the history of the world. Now, I read these words, and I remember Jesus' words in John 13, 35. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Once again, our love matters, and our love matters to God, but it also matters to the world. Love is our brand. It is our signet ring that we belong to Jesus. According to Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, love is long-suffering and kind. Love rejoices together in the truth and it hides the fault of others. Love believes and hopes all things. And then love is not envious, boastful, full of pride, self-conceit, or self-seeking, and love does not behave in an ugly, indecent, or unbecoming manner, nor does it think or count what is bad and eternally worthless that would cause harm or injury to anyone. And when I look at 1 Corinthians 13's description of love, I come to the conclusion that love is beautiful, but I also see them as sober words. As I look into the mirror of God's word, I fall short and not just a little, but a lot. However, even the conviction of my own failure to love like the Bible teaches me is beautiful. Conviction shows us where we fall short, but conviction doesn't leave us there. Instead, it moves us closer. Transformation from our current state happens as we see our shortcomings and our failures in light of the perfection of love. Now, I choose conviction rather than comfort. And the beauty of conviction is when we face and deal with ugliness in our own heart for the sake of a closer walk with Jesus through the filling of the Holy Spirit's power, we experience change and transformation. So my question is, what about you? Where do you see yourself in light of what the Bible teaches about love? Do you desire conviction and change? Or do you desire comfort and the same? You know, the world we live in is not a world that loves most often. It doesn't take much life outside of living in a bubble to see that people are often unloving often ugly and often use their words to cause injury to others. Our political climate has polluted our world. Social media gave people a freedom to lie and to say damaging things without real conscience. Even these point to the fact that the human condition called sin and it exposes our need for a savior. The sad part is how the culture of the world has even affected how we as believers in Christ love one another. 
Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove what is that perfect and acceptable will of God. Now, maybe we should take D.L. Moody's advice and read 1 Corinthians 13 constantly and allow God's word, his words of love to renew our minds and transform our hearts. So, dear one, if you are up for a bit of real conviction and transformation, I challenge you to spend the month of December looking at what the Bible teaches about love in 1 Corinthians 13. And another book of the Bible that I love and teaches about love is 1 John. So maybe take some time to daily read, dwell, and meditate on passages from 1 Corinthians 13 and yes, maybe even 1 John as well. Let's give God freedom to shine his light of love in our hearts. Now, before I say goodbye, I do want to invite you to join me on my ministry Facebook page or your favorite social media platform, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, to get daily morning prayers and biblical encouragement for Christian women. And also, I'm going to ask you to please share this Bible study devotion with others that someone else can be encouraged. And until we meet again, have a blessed and beautiful day.